0: I will, yes, I will write your name down on a post-it note. If we're lucky, we will go on to two post-it notes, and then we'll know all of the people who, yes, want to pre-order our book.
1: Welcome to Writing Our Way Out with Maeve and Kyle. She is Maeve. I am not, and I'm grateful for that because there can be only one Maeve. Maeve, how are you today?
0: I'm wonderful. How are you today? I'm doing great.
1: Anytime. It's funny. Anytime you and I record, I spend the whole day looking forward to it. And then we get really close and then I get really nervous. I mean, all of these, I've been doing this kind of work for a long time, right? and I still get nervous. And I get nervous with this particular, and uh, we'll talk about what we're doing here in a moment, because so much of our work is so fiercely personal. Yeah. And it's a lot easier, you know, in my other genres. I work across different audio platforms, but there's a lot of posturing and it's it's not really authentic talk, but what we do here on on writing our way out is is we really sort of bear ourselves and I don't get nervous because you know a lot about me. I get nervous because of the dozens or countless people who are going to really just be exposed to our truths and I just so I get nervous. I don't know. Do you get nervous before we record? Or are you? It feels like you're so you're cool. You're cool. Mm. You don't get nervous. I
0: feel aware, but not nervous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I'm talking in front of a group of adults and I mm-hmm. can see them, then I'm nervous. Yeah. But if I'm talking to you or I'm talking to a classroom full of students, I'm aware.
1: Yeah. 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 And to. so we both come to this from with, with you know with education as our professions too. And so like we're used to speaking to people. But mm-hmm. I think you draw re, you draw a really nice, uh, a, a re, really nice image there that it does really audience matters and
0: right. uh, for sure that's why I think talking we, to you
1: yeah that's all yeah it's totally whatever yeah, yeah. So, who yeah, cares no big so deal. so what who cares um <laughs> so we are uh, writing our way out Maven Kyle um the whole idea of this we want to just reset it for anyone who maybe missed uh, missed the, our first episode which would this, be a total shame total shame right. uh, it was the best episode we've ever done.
0: It's Until this one, and our yeah,
1: this is the right. yeah absolutely. Uh, you and I are collaborating on a series of essays uh, that we hope will turn into a book someday in the very near future. Um, yes, people should th- pre-order right now by uh maybe sending us. A,
0: we haven't set up a pre-order, yeah, no, but you could just no. let just, us know. Just, that just you put, want to
1: pre-order? Put it. You know what? How, how about this? They can take some spray paint, go into their driveway, and just write yes, please. Just yes, please. spray paint, spray paint. Yes, please. And we will have the writing our way out staff will comb the globe looking for all of the yes pleases and we'll take it down.
0: And the entire staff would be Maven Kyle. Maven Kyle. Yes. And- I was thinking people could send us a their name and okay. say, yes, please. There's <laughs> <For> some <laughs> sort of messaging system. <laughs> just yes yes please it's really all all right i will i will yes i will write your name down on a post-it note if we're lucky we will go on to two post-it notes and we will know all of the people who yes want to pre-order our book which we're not telling you how much it costs by the way no, no. If you want to pre-order this at this moment you're all in it doesn't matter R- writing our way out this is
1: a lifestyle you know are you in or are you out that's what we yes. want to know yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Please, we are, yes.
0: Give, yes. Us, give us your investments. That's. Why. <laughs>
1: and while we're at That's it, what like it to costs to pre-order. While we're at it, we'd like to talk to you about crypto. Uh, <laughs> and so the yes, government, please. yes. <laughs> yes, please, coin. It's called yes, please, coin. It's traded publicly.
0: I feel we're, like we're doing a huge strain of outtakes right now. <laughs> But this is all going to go in. All of it's, it.
1: Yeah, that's all. This is, <laughs> and thank you for joining us. It's been a great episode. <laughs> so let's put this at the end of the episode. <laughs> so the collection of essays uh, really started um, as you and I uh, realized we have a, a long-standing friendship, and and thanks to thanks to the COVID pandemic, um, we were unable to see each other for a number of years, and you mm-hmm. and I recognized that. There is value uh, in not only sharing um, the paths that we've walked—the hard ones, the the easy ones, the challenging ones, the rewarding ones—and um, we, we we thought that one of your friends wrote you a text about writing your way out of the crisis. And yeah. I thought that that was such a beautiful articulation, and hence the name of this podcast, and hence sort of the governing principle um, of all of these of all of these essays. Am I am I am I characterizing that correctly? Yeah, that's great. And you know what's funny.
0: I don't know if this is funny. Uh, (laughs) Uh Timely.
1: Timely. Timely.
0: Same friend messaged me today to Hmm. talk to me about her uh, frustrations and apprehensions with her sons, two sons. So, plural and possessive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. school district and um, all the concerns that she has going into it and all the concerns that she has going into this school year. And I said, This is something I've been writing about and we're actually going to discuss tonight. And I shared. The essay that we're talking about with her I haven't gotten any feedback, but um, this is what we're about to talk about is something that is coming up in a lot of different places, including from Katie, who is, I would venture to say, now our biggest fan.
1: Mm. Is mm-hmm. uh, has she pre-ordered yet? Is she has she has she she spray painted she her? She won't
0: until she hears. When she hears this episode, she will pre-order.
1: Awesome. That's great. I might
0: just write her name down on the post-it without. <laughs> Maybe if you send me, if you send me
1: your address, I'll bring the spray paint to her house tonight. It'll be, Ooh. I'm, sh- I'm sure she'll enjoy her. I'm sure her family will appreciate the strange man with the Massachusetts plates spray painting. Yes, please. In her driveway. Midwesterners yes, please. love that. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> you mentioned, uh, we are talking about one. Of, this is if you listen to our other episodes, um, sometimes we talk about both of our writing tonight, we are focused. We are celebrating, um, your writing, Maeve, your writing. Yeah. And I'm really excited about this. Um, it's a piece that, uh, we will get into. I have a number of areas that, um, I'm looking forward to asking you about, um, in, in the, if you listen to the first episode, we talked a lot about grace, specifically grace, where we see grace in a couple of pieces today, tonight, I've actually given you a new word. You requested a new word um, mm-hmm. to uh, to to sit on top of what we're doing tonight. And after reading your piece, it's a back to school piece. I determined that the theme should be the word resolve.
0: Yep. resolve. Yeah. Yes. So, just to recap, we've decided that for these episodes, one of us will choose something that the other one wrote, and pick a word to go along with it and pick some passages from it to read back to that person and to ask questions. We listened to our first episode and had a couple other people listen to our first episode. And that was something that they enjoyed hearing was having us read to each other from our writing, as opposed to us presenting our own writing and what we liked about it.
1: Yeah. I think it's, it's one of the things that makes at what we do uh, unique. And it's also one of the reasons why I'll say it. We're all thinking it. We have the smartest listeners on the entire internoodle. We Katie do. is so smart. She's so smart. That's why she pre-ordered. Yeah. Sorry about what's happening to your driveway tonight. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> um, so we're talking resolve. We're talking about this back to school piece, but I also don't want to leave grace in the rear view. You know, right. because uh, all of what we're doing, all of what we talk about, um, and it's a, it's an interesting word because, as we mentioned in the first episode, I had never really thought about it as a standalone piece. The idea of giving, of handing, of of committing acts of grace, I thought it was a byproduct, um, and so we don't want to leave that to the side. And so, I'm wondering if maybe we could talk briefly about resolve, how the word resolve uh, intermingles with grace
0: globally, but also how we're about to hear it in this piece. Well, before we do that, do you want to talk a little bit about what the word resolve means to you and why you chose it? Or are you holding off on why you chose resolve until we get into the piece?
1: I was doing the latter, but I would happily, okay. but, I, but I will happily, um, I would Top love off to
0: with a th- little definition for resolve.
1: I always think about resolve as the determination to accomplish something. Okay. Like the firm determination to persevere through obstacles um, towards a specified end, okay. and when I read your piece, um, my school year—I'm not gloating here—but my school year doesn't start for another month. You know, mm. in the Northeast, eh, we go until the end of June. Right. Uh, the so uh, our school years—the public schools here don't start until after Labor Day—and right. so um, the, my teacher friends in New England aren't aren't thinking about school yet. Right. Um, but when I read your piece and as I'm talking to you and all of our other friends on our text threads, I see, I hear, I read, I can taste the, um, pre year jitters, but it's more than that this year.
0: Yeah, it is for sure.
1: And the collective trauma is real. Yeah. And so yeah. I picked resolve because I read continued resolve in this essay that we're going to talk about today. Your your unwillingness to waver, your unwillingness to break, despite your admittance, your admitted wavering. Um, and yeah. And so that's,
0: that's why, that's why I picked resolve. Did did that resonate with you when I said resolve? So let me take a piece of that and make a connection to grace. So the unwillingness to waver in meeting a goal Mm -hmm. or in, um, in showing grace to others, There's a higher level of maturity and wisdom that comes along with giving grace for a lot of people, for children, not so much. And even for young adults, not so much. Um, I notice that children are quick to forgive out of love and necessity, and often young adults are quick to forgive out of a lack of experience. Adults... We need our experience and our wisdom in order to know when to give grace, because it isn't something that comes naturally. It's a muscle within us that has to be built over time. And in order to see when grace is needed in situations, whether it comes through being part of a faith community for a long time and studying maybe scripture or literature related to grace and then applying it into wisdom, there has to be at some point that resolve is the thing that makes it work. Right. And so for me, a lot of that relates to learning about grace and studying grace over years of being part of a faith community for you. This relates to your resolve that you will lead a life of service. And I guess we've never talked about when that clicked for you, when you became a person who knew that whatever path you follow, that you would resolve to lead a life of service, which ultimately puts you in the position of being able to give grace Mm. frequently.
1: Mm. It was beautiful. Sometimes like As soon as you just start rolling and I'm like, I kind of hope this doesn't end. I, you know, like uh, day one, when you go to a conference and you're like all fired up and you're like, this is, this is the conference where I'm going to take notes the whole time. Yes. And like that first session, you're asking questions. You got you, you're sitting in the front. You're like actually using that souvenir pad you got. It's things are, you're not doodling on it. You're really taking notes. Sometimes you just get rolling. And I'm like, this is day one of a conference. But then you keep going and I'm like, this is day three of a conference, I'm in. Yes, you nailed it. Absolutely beautiful. And I think that's the beauty of what I read in your, in this piece that we're gonna talk about today.
0: Is that- But do you wanna answer the question? Do you
1: really want me to talk about when I realized I
0: mean, just give me uh, the 30 second Mm. light bulb moment of being resolved to lead a life of service. So my earliest the
1: so the earliest memories I have of recognizing that leading a life of service is desirable is uh, I come from a family where um, we received service, Um, uh, but also as a family who received um, services and grace from others, um, whether it was uh, social safety nets or, or whatever. We were also we were also um, at the same time, uh, volunteering. And so it became early on, I mean, I suppose that kind of thing comes from your parents. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, it became very clear that, you know, while we weren't able to maybe donate money, we were, we were out doing community cleanups. Um, and I think that was early on. And then, you know, in my late adolescence, um, I started coaching sports, um, and that felt good. Um, but really as an adult, I think a lot of things clicked for me with the death of my daughter. I think when, when my daughter passed away, um, in September of 09, um, I realized that I had a choice and I needed to be deliberate about that. Um, I could either, uh, turn it, um, I'm gonna say a potty word. Um, I could either turn it inward and decide to, uh, affect change in my community. Um, or I could just turn it into a total shithead. And that was like an active decision I had to make. Yeah. Um. And it wasn't clear at first. Uh. You know. I mean. You know. Darkness is darkness. And when you're in the dark, you kind of can't find the the. You just can't find the doorknob. And right. uh. And but I but I determined in that moment that that was when I mean it was the least I could do to honor Violet. Uh. Was uh. Was was just a. To be someone who would consistently give back. Um, yeah. And uh, I think, so I think those are the three stages of it. I, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's probably where it is. I think. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you for asking. I was like, absolutely. I didn't, I thought it was rhetorical. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I got to share. Here we go. The share. It's sharing We've time. We both
0: had to answer. Yes, we did. And our yeah. connection. Okay. Um,
1: I love that I can read that in your piece, though. I think that's what makes, because what we do, what you do, and what all of our um, friends and colleagues who teach um, in, in the uh, elementary, middle, and high school level, um, it's different for me, I think, at the higher ed level because there is some certain, uh, natural attrition that happens. Not everyone chooses um, undergraduate. Not even has access to it. It's an access thing. It's, uh, it's class. It's, it's all things. Um, but at the fundamental level, what you and, you know, our, you know dearest friends do is to perform service and to and, and those of you who reach sort of the the sublime teachers the ones who reach sublimity like you um it's that they you recognize that you are in service to these hundred students per year yeah yeah, yeah. shall we get to the piece take us through the yeah the motivation the you know what what drove this the the, the, the kit and the caboodle if you will not okay. just, the, not simply the caboodle like you used to do.
0: Start with the kit. Start with the kit. So I wrote this piece on July 20th. Um, I was starting to get messages from colleagues uh, drawing me into decisions that needed to be made to go back to school. And normally when that happens, I can kick into gear for at least a little bit. I can tell myself for one day this week, I'm going to do a little bit of work that people need me to do, or I'm going to go meet with my principal or whatever it is, I'll do, I'll commit a small amount just so I can start getting into it. And, and usually that feels natural because summer doesn't last forever. I'm going to go back into the school year. And I I want to feel prepared. I want to feel like I've taken those steps. When it happened this year, I had the opposite reaction in every way. I didn't want to be in a position of making decisions. I didn't want to think about going back to the school year. I Maybe I, it's because I was in the middle of a move. We moved houses this summer um, and I was, I was busy with that. But really, it felt like something much more. And so I decided that I needed to sit down and start writing about it. And um, I'll go ahead and I'll read the first line because it, it lays so much out there. I said, in a few weeks, I will start my 20th year of teaching. This is one of the years when I'm reluctant to go back. And 20 years, first of all, it's crazy. I started teaching when I was 21 years old. So I'm about at the point where I have spent half of my life as a public school teacher, as a high school teacher. Mm -hmm. And yet this year with everything that I have done and everything that I've been through, this year feels different Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. And that's what I unpacked within this essay
1: and it is dense i, I want to just for anyone who who will eventually who has the who who pre-orders and and orders when it comes out and just yes, buys please. it um, yes please uh you will see that this is a dense piece this is not i mean i have a poem that i'll close with and it, it it's a celebration of of teaching and teachers um it's a beautiful poem tribute to teachers um this is not that this is a very real this is I'm not even saying ripping the band-aid off on a school year, because this feels like um, this feels like you're just attempting to talk while you're getting while you're bleeding out a little bit. And, right. uh, and that's how. And so I want to start with one of the the longer bits that I'm going to read to you, which okay. comes um, uh, it comes towards the end, on actually the end of page five, um, where you're talking about your. The best intentions that you have going into a school year and how you always, because as a veteran teacher,
0: which is wild, isn't
1: it? You and I have become the adults in the
0: room. Yeah. Isn't that freaky? First year teachers are so young right I now. Know. And yeah. Yeah. I know it's crazy. I have that
1: happen. Occasionally something will happen at work and people will be like looking for the grown up. And I'm like, I don't know where my dad is. No, they're looking for me. I know me. This is wild. And so you talk about how the the school year, how your your ambition moves, uh, the target on ambition moves. And you Mm -hmm. write, I tell myself I will pop into the other hallways to see how everyone is doing. Yet staying tethered to my room is comfortable and helps me stay focused on what I need to finish each day before moving on. The whole process is comparable to any cycle of resolution we go through high hopes, attempts, return to normal, guilt, resignation. I used
0: your word. I know.
1: You also. I know. I know. I'm very, it's, it's neat. Okay. I, I'm Let's also, see what we're su- doing here. I'm also super duper into, um, into the idea of how real this is. Uh, this this confronts not just the humanness of teachers, but this confronts the actual cycle, the the, the cycle of resolution, which is mm-hmm. not something. Did you make this up? Because it's really smart. I, I or is that something? Is that like an actual process that you've read about before? No, it's really I
0: good. I wrote that
1: because it's really good.
0: Thank you.
1: Yeah. Will you talk to us about that? Uh, about about that particular passage. Uh, what led you to that spot in the writing to come to that conclusion?
0: At this point, I'm really thinking about being a mentor and being a role model and knowing that I can use that as a tool to help other teachers stay, Mm -hmm. to help other teachers have a school year that feels successful to them, or even to help people have a day that feels successful to them once in a while, because there are days where we walk out of the building just feeling like garbage and it could have to do with one thing that happened right mm. so if i can be present enough in the days of more people around the building will they decide to come to me or to flag me or, or whatever will they know that i'm there for them to keep them from delving into self blame and anguish over the things that will go wrong this year, which will already be compounded on top of everything else teachers are facing at this moment.
1: Right. I'm wondering if you could get into that a little bit. Um, so the, the piece talks about how the reason why year 20 is going to be unique for you uh, is not because it's year number 20. It's because year number 20 um, comes after three incredibly already tri- like uniquely horrific years.
0: Right. Uh, so I think about these last three school years mm-hmm. in terms of the COVID year. So we have COVID year one,
1: mm-hmm.
0: where we were sent home for the spring. We have COVID year two, where we were under a whole lot of restrictions. Yeah. COVID year three was last school year that I write about in another piece. And so this feels like COVID year four, mm-hmm. maybe COVID year final. I don't know. But what we're dealing with at this point is the residual consequence of all the things that happened during years 1 through 3. Yeah. And so there is collective trauma from students at home who maybe they stayed home during covid year or covid's year 1 and 2. And then last year was very difficult for the I don't I don't know. Uh-huh. Um so we have student trauma yeah. and then as a result of that we have dealt with a lot of change in our environment. Mm -hmm. And now we have about two years worth of teachers leaving our buildings and leaving the profession. And I'm seeing over and over and over in news articles right now, the teacher shortage issue coming into this school year. we We have one week before teachers report mm-hmm. and we are still short, multiple positions in our school district. And this is happening all over the country. Yeah. And how do you, how do we come back into our buildings mm-hmm. knowing that professionals have chosen to walk away from this career and this lifestyle?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what, I, I think about it in terms of the uh, of the of res- the cycle of resolution. That, that you, that you just laid out high hopes, attempts, return to normal guilt. And then we can just literally flip the meaning of resignation. Um, it's not spiritual resignation. It's resignation from the workplace is what it is. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. You know, either resignation in I'm, I'm walking out of here or resignation in coming in the next year and thinking, what am I doing? You know, how can I possibly make this better for myself and the people around me when, I feel so spiritually and emotionally drained.
1: And you get into, uh, and I'll get to the next, the next um, segment here in a moment. But what I love also about this speech, this piece, is how you get into all of the different ways that 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 the, your colleagues and you have been grinded down, right? I mean, there's the, yeah. the, the the students. There's, I mean, your own experience during the pandemic. There's the culture war that is currently yeah. being waged against teachers um against schools, um all of those things added to I in the before time, Maeve, teaching was already exhausting enough. Yeah. In, in the before in the before time there was attrition as well.
0: It is a very busy job. Yeah. You know, and the mm, it's not here. Oh no, it is here that I talk about that. In this idea of getting out and wandering around through the building versus mm-hmm. staying tethered to my room. That's not necessarily related to the problems that we're dealing with now, that's related to the everyday choices and decision fatigue that we make. And so me wandering the building to check on people is taking away from my list of things to do on a daily basis. And I want to be that person who's there for everybody and who's making connections and is a cheerleader for all the other teachers. Mm -hmm. But also I want to be the person who can leave at the end of the day and not have a list of things to do once I get home.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because also you need to recharge your battery. I mean, that's yeah. that's what makes you uh, the the desirable teacher who you are, um, and
0: parent, and person, yeah, and, and partner, self. and yeah, yes, absolutely. absolutely, and self, and, and self. self, yeah.
1: Like let's let's not pretend that that's not yeah. Because i got to live
0: with myself at the end of the day,
1: and without yeah. self, the other stuff isn't going to happen either. No. So that leads me to my my next, uh, I think it gives me a nice uh, segue into the next section that I'd love to read to you, Maeve, um, from this piece, which is just a little bit up, maybe a page up, and you were just talking about what's happening in the profession with so many folks leaving, and you write about it here, you, you address it explicitly, and I am so impressed with how... Um, let me read it and then I'll tell you why I'm impressed.
0: So er, I am looking at it and I just want to point out that earlier in this essay, which is, this is a part we won't go into and um, maybe a part that I'll have to get permission to use. I go through a list of people who left my building and some of the really heart-wrenching reasons why they left or, or the reasons why it was so hard to see these amazing professionals move on either from the profession or from our building. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. this references that part of the essay.
1: Right. Specifically, that's why I took this part, because I wanted to do the whole section, but this really is a beautiful caper on it. You write, when I look at my own list of teachers who left us at the end of last school year, I'm not surprised. I wish it didn't happen that way, but I understand why each of these teachers has decided to protect themselves from further anguish. Coming into this school year, I'm wondering if the wave is eventually going to pull me under. And I want to just say, before I ask you to sort of remark on, on that moment that I appreciate your honesty so much because it would be very easy as a veteran teacher, just to play, to play it down the middle here. It would be so easy for you to not wield your words and to, 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 to apply the band-aid as teachers do Mm -hmm. to say, I understand and good luck, but you're not saying that here. You're saying that, that, that you're, that you're, you're disappointed and it's okay that you're disappointed. And you're wondering if, if you might be in one of those waves. And there's another part later that that resolves in a little while, but can you talk a little bit about your, your, your moment, uh, putting this together, this piece together, this part? I
0: wouldn't have thought that I'd be in this position of not knowing. And, and part of it has to do with the fact that when I see some of the teachers who chose to leave either our building or the profession, I, these are people I look up to. These are people who, these are close friends. They're people who love teaching who you think I could, I could drop this person in any building in the country and they will make connections with the kids. And they will do an amazing job and they will get kids where they need to be by the end of the year. And it's probably true for some of them. Some of them, you probably could do that, but that doesn't make up for how these teachers were feeling at the end of each day, week and month. That that feeling of dissatisfaction that so many of us had over the last few years.
1: But you don't use the word dissatisfaction. I'm going to key in on the anguish. True. Anguish, um, yeah. Because that is a very, that is a purposeful word. Mm-hmm. Um, and dissatisfaction would be different. I I would submit that if this was dissatisfaction, the attrition wouldn't be, the, I've already used the phrase bleeding out. Right. The Our profession is bleeding out right now. It is. Um, And we're seeing it across the country with states that are, essentially throwing the doors open to people to come and teach. That's that's how devalued the profession is becoming right now. It's now, because of the culture war that we'll talk about in a moment, mm-hmm. an open invitation to come do what these professionals have done for the last 250 years.
0: Yeah. There's a viral piece that I saw recently where an elementary school teacher had someone come in and observe that, you know, would be given the opportunity to teach after 30 hours of observation. And this elementary school teacher writes about the teacher not understanding concepts like phonemic awareness Mm -hmm. when it comes to, and that's not something that everybody understands, but that's something that elementary reading teachers have to understand Mm -hmm. that those are the foundational pieces. This isn't, What we do, there is an art and there is a science, and there are probably a lot of people that can walk into a classroom and demonstrate the art of teaching, the warmth and the connection and, and the leadership, but we spend years in college and lots of time in professional development getting updates on the science of teaching. And that has changed several times, or it's been updated several times over the course of my profession in a way that I know I want somebody with my children who understands the science and who has been taught the science and can practice and can perform best practice when it comes to the science. Yeah. And, you
1: know, I have to say that it's so refreshing to hear you, to hear you talk about it so passionately and so confidently because the Honestly, the rhetoric that comes at us, comes at you, is equally as impassioned to devalue. And it is important, okay. the, um, the grace that teachers have shown for hundreds of years is to, to not accept that credit, to say it's just what we do, um, it's our pleasure, and it is a pleasure
0: well, the grace that you talk about with teaching is their teachers do show grace to their communities and their students and to families. Mm-hmm. And, and we do have that many of us have that innate belief that we are doing something that this is just what we do. That is an act of grace, right? right, right. But it is fueled by grace that comes to us. And not everyone has unending grace for teachers. And I, I, I I make mistakes. I don't always deserve grace for the choices that I make, but I want to see enough of it to validate my humanity and to validate my choice to love this profession and give to this profession every day in ways that maybe sometimes that sometimes frequently take away from myself and my family and other things that I love.
1: Right. Well, that actually, um, may I move on to the next section? Yeah, Cause I think, absolutely. Yeah, this is, um, I mentioned that there's a resolution, um, you're talking about, you wonder if the wave is eventually going to pull me over under. And this next two sentences, I think, um, closes with an utterance mm-hmm. that, uh, is moving the greater difficulty lies in pulling up roots in one's life or career and replanting somewhere else. But my ground is always shaken when these families move on ending our last school year felt the same way. I'm still the person who stays Maeve. I'm still the person who stays. I've told you this before. Sometimes I feel like you speak in verse. Um, it is one of your many remarkable qualities and yet i'm still the person who stays six words every one of them chosen intentionally
0: Mm
1: -hmm. i want you to So this is in relation by the way to living in a
0: military community yep and i've met families who have been here for a year and and i've gotten close to them within that year they've moved on. And I've um, met and loved families who've been here for six years before they moved on. And I didn't grow up in a community like this. This is where my husband grew up. It took a lot of getting used to the first few families that left and and left with a part of me um, really made me realize that it was going to be hard to live in community in this area because there would always be people coming and going Mm
1: -hmm. I want to just take a moment and pause and talk about the beauty of where we are in our teaching careers right now because I don't think we do that enough Maeve um you and I started teaching a couple of years apart but in the same calendar year for each other right I mean I also was 21 22 years old yeah so you I'm doing some quick math not a math magician but uh I believe that there are people out in this world who you taught who are now 37 years old. Okay. Doesn't that blow your mind?
0: Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. Wait, no. Is that 17 okay.
1: 17 year olds, 17 years old
0: when I 20 was 20 years, years old.
1: Okay. Thirty-seven. you have taught people who you wouldn't even think twice about if you saw them in a grocery store That's like true. 30 37. Yeah. Blows my mind. Blows yes. my mind. Now that you I, mention it. If look at, I I've got a couple of years on you. Uh, mm-hmm. I have taught people who are 41 years old. That's yeah. That's, that's older than me. That's great. Cra- that's crazy. Okay. That's yeah. crazy sauce. You can't crazy sauce. Crazy sauce. All right. So okay. that, that particular, um, that particular passage. And, uh, I I want to just again, hone in on that That sentence right there. And I love that you clarify that this is about working in a military community, but I want to pull on you some more Mm -hmm. to talk about I'm still the person who stays, specifically that word still, because that word still to me has um a couple of different implications. Right. It, It might, it might imply that you have always been and you continue to be right right now, but it might also be. It might also be like an indefinite, like I'm still like, eh, right now I'm still the, it's all about inflection. And I love that ambiguity and I'm not going to ask you to clarify it, but I, I would like for you to talk a little bit about that sentence. I love the ambiguity. It's there on purpose. It's beautiful. It's one of your, I mean, I've told you before you create beautiful sentences and this is one of them. Can you talk about that sentence for me? How do you read that sentence?
0: I read this as this, this feeling that I recognized early in my career and early in my time living here. You know, I recognized it. I decided I'm going to, I'm still going to love families that I meet, even when I know they may only be here for two years. Mm-hmm. I had to make a decision at that point because there are people in military communities on, on either side people who are in the military or people who live in these towns that don't make those connections, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that, that's a choice. Yeah. People have left me. It hurts. I don't want to invest because I don't want to be hurt again. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I made a decision in, after the first few families that left me that it was worth it. It was worth it to love these families and to have those relationships. And I'm not going to run from other relationships that come along. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that feeling arrived for me over the end of this last year, over the summer, maybe it arrived for me when I was writing this essay, Mm -hmm. but I am going to continue to love the people that I work with and make connections to, to the people that I work with. Even if I don't know whether it will work. Are you resolved to do that? I am resolved to be a good colleague this year.
1: That resolution, um, to continue to be the one who stays and to be collegial. And uh, it's not easy. We have, we have taken, we have suffered slings and arrows. And that actually brings me to my next
0: highlighted when I used that Hamlet I reference
1: did I'm a
0: yes that
1: Shakespeare guy I think he's gonna be famous I'm telling you that I think he's keep got your something eye, keep your eye on him
0: I don't understand all the words that he chose
1: I think he made a lot of them up before being honest
0: that's what I hear how do no, you do he's, that
1: he's weird um see what I did there yeah see. I did yeah um good job. which of course leads me to um what I think is one of the most lighthearted moments in the piece and let's be honest Maeve what we do is fun. It's full of joy. We do it not because it's hard, and it is. We do it not because it's all-consuming, and it is. We do it not become not because it becomes a part of our identity that we can't shake for people who are 37 years old who see us out in the community. And even though we're peers now, they still call us Miss Boland and Mr. Belanger. But it does... It's just this really beautiful, lighthearted moment. And so I'm going to read it for you and I'm going to attempt to ask you to to contextualize it. You write, I wasn't suffering the slings and arrows that the other teachers were enduring around the building. I was having discussions on consent while my colleagues were encountering blatant and demoralizing disrespect on a daily basis. Nothing in my own classroom was leading me to question my worth as a person or a teacher. I was one of the lucky ones. I was. And now-
0: I I still am. I have wonderful students. I have wonderful families showing up for me and um, telling me that they appreciate what I do for their students. And it's great.
1: That does make it. It fundamentally makes the 180 days doable, doesn't it?
0: It does. It does. It is the air I
1: breathe. Have you had years where that's not the case?
0: Yes, I have my first year in the district that I'm in was tough. And I think it just was, I was new. I didn't know people. I didn't have my finger on the pulse of the community. Yeah. And, um, and I was just doing a lot of comparing and I was grieving the loss yeah. of where I taught before. Mm-hmm. So that, that would be one example. Um, there've probably been other years that were okay. tough in that way for me. How many, so it how, doesn't feel
1: good. How many families does it take for it to turn for you? Uh, one family, you always, you, oh, there's always this, yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave the question there. How many families does it take? What's the critical number?
0: It really depends on the persistence, right? I've gotten to the point where if I haven't, if, if there's a concern and I need to deal with that concern, I will deal with it in one email before I'm getting on the phone and I'm talking to that family, mm-hmm. right? And um, usually that takes care of it. And if I can fall into that pattern, I'm fine, Right. 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 If I'm outside of that pattern, it starts to become uncomfortable, right? If mm-hmm. if that's not getting me there, then I have to question: Is it me? Is it my relationship with them? Is yeah. it something that they're hearing about me within the community? You know, and then it it becomes a little bit more like what what we see when I use the word demoralizing. Yeah, it could start to feel that way. Yeah. Is it?
1: Uh, did that? Did that process? take a while to develop for you? I mean, you write so beautifully. So this, this whole section actually deals more about sort of the uh, the social media prank culture, which right. I love.
0: Yes. And, and I want to talk about that a little bit just to contextualize it. People may or may not remember the, the trend of devious licks, which sounds so silly to say, but students were stealing things from buildings and classrooms. And it it felt like we were living in a sitcom with some of the things that were happening in our building or in other buildings, right? But students really were in a destructive mode in order to up the level of what was going on. But it wasn't happening to me. In my classroom, students were talking about how ridiculous they thought it was, right? And so I write a little bit about something that happened in my classroom where we were making fun of what was going on. But I wasn't having to deal with some of the consequences of that in seeing the student behavior once they maybe got in trouble for what they were doing.
1: Can you talk about Paul, my favorite character in the whole Oh, Paul. A whole essay? I
0: love Paul, our daytime custodian. He He's just amazing. He is everywhere. And uh, he just... He loves our building, right? And he, what I see in him is that he wants to take care of our our facility in a way that makes it worth showing up every day. Yeah, I've never heard him say that. I don't think he would ever say that. He's a man of few words, but that I see that resolve in him, right?
1: Uh, I learned early on when I got my first teaching job. Uh, I was again 22. Taconic High School, Pittsfield, Massachusetts, 1999. Pittsfield, huh? Pittsfield, four one three. I uh, I learned early on that the two most important people to know are the custodian and the secretary. Oh yeah. And if you once once Bev and Walt were my were, were my people. Then Bev and Walt, that then I knew I was all set. I will also Absolutely. say it, it was my old high school. So I've known Bev and Walt since I was in ninth grade. And so mm-hmm. it just it really, but Bev, Bev Gans and Walt Henderson, those are my people. My rider or dies. It. Rides or I die. I love it. My rides or die? Is that how you I think? don't
0: know, but I I love Paul. Yeah. I have so much appreciation for what he does every day. And I hope he never gives up on us. It was hard he- for him during that time. I'm sure it was hard for a lot of us, but yeah. you know. Running around after ninth graders who really want to destroy things is not fun.
1: <laughs> we don't give enough credit. Honestly, it, when I think about what the custodial staffs did during the pandemic, uh, the, oh the, my the, goodness. the height of it, I mean, yes. yes, like all the snaps, all the love, the uh, custodial staffs from, you know, coast to coast, up to down, left, left to right. It Absolutely. Is, oh, my goodness. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they did not get the summers off. In fact, they they were working 27 hours a day during the summer. And they
0: don't get the snow days off and they don't get, you know, they're the last ones after a basketball game to leave the building.
1: It's true. It's true.
0: Amazing humans.
1: Well, Maeva, I'm really um, grateful that we were able to spend this time talking about this essay. And I want to just encourage people uh, to keep, you know, keep your, as they, uh, as they say, keep your uh, ear to the grindstone. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's how it goes, but keep your ear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, look at, if the ear's on the grindstone, you're not doing something right. But you're gonna know it. Yeah. You're gonna know your ears on the grindstone. Right. Um, we will, you know, continue obviously to be to be producing these essays, and we we look forward to to both of your pre orders. Um, just obviously, just just write yes please in your driveway or send us a post it note. note ready. Your post it mm-hmm. notes ready. Yep. Yep. Remember as kids, the, the self addressed stamped envelopes immediately. Yes, yes. yes. those are great. Uh-huh. I wanted all of those, but I wanted to close today um, with a poem that I saw earlier. Um, I, I, it's Carol Ann Duffy. I thought that as so many of our colleagues are getting ready to go back into the classroom, so many poems around teaching and teachers deal with um, the anguish uh, and the less savory parts. No one really remembers the teachers who, who made things warm. And Carol Ann Duffy does this beautifully. It's called In Mrs. Tilshire's Class. I love it. You could travel up the Blue Nile with your finger, tracing the route while Mrs. Tilshire chanted the scenery. Tana, Ethiopia, Khartoum, Aswan. That for an hour, then a skittle of milk and the chalky pyramids rubbed into dust. A window opened with a long pole. The laugh of a bell swung by a running child. This was better than home. Enthralling books, the classroom glowed like a sweet shop. Sugar paper, colored shapes, Brady and Hindley faded like the faint, uneasy smudge of a mistake. Mrs. Tilshire loved you. Some mornings, you found she'd left a gold star by your name. The scent of a pencil slowly, carefully shaved. A xylophone's nonsense heard from another form. Of the Easter term, the inky tadpoles changed from commas into exclamation marks. Three frogs hopped in the playground, freed by a dunce, followed by a line of kids, jumping and croaking away from the lunch queue. A rough boy told you how you were born. You kicked him, but stared at your parents, appalled when you got back home. That feverish July, the air tasted of electricity. A tangible alarm made you always untidy, hot, fractious, under the heavy, sexy sky. You asked her how you were born, and Mrs. Tilcher smiled and then turned away. Reports were handed out. You ran through the gates, impatient to be grown, as the sky split into a thunderstorm. I love that so much.
0: That's wonderful. Thank you, Mrs. Tilcher.
1: Mrs. Tilcher. Love who was your Mrs. Tilcher? Do you have a Mrs. Tilcher?
0: Oh, well, yes, of course. In in elementary school, I feel like we're in elementary school in this point. I
1: think so, I agree.
0: I had Mrs. Jones. Mrs. Jones was my second grade teacher. She had all of, she had both of my siblings in class. She was just wonderful. and 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 I actually had the pleasure of working with her as a colleague. She was my second grade teacher. But when I went back to the district, and I was doing some curriculum work. She was the elementary representative for ELA curriculum. Oh,
1: that's awesome. And
0: so I got to see her from that perspective and just, just an amazing professional.
1: I love Charla that. Sharla Jones. Charla Jones. Sharla
0: Jones. I
1: have yeah. two come to mind for me. Mine was also my second grade teacher, Mrs. Getz. Yeah. I love Judy Getz so much. But I have very few memories of the class, just the love, just yeah. the love. Just but the love. M- but Miss Martin, Miss Martin was my fourth grade teacher. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, my third grade teacher. And Miss Martin was the first person to tell me that I was smart. Maeve, this was really a mar- Thank you for sharing with us. Yes. I know this wasn't necessarily an easy discussion um, to meditate on. And so I just want to acknowledge that. And I want to hold this space sacred for you. Um, Thank you. And we are grateful that you shared it with us. Thank you. All right. You've wasted, look what you've done. You've wasted another hour with writing our way out with Maeve and Kyle. She's Maeve and I'm not, and I'll never be. And I'm glad. And
0: next time we're going to talk about a piece that you Kyle wrote. Mm. So friends and family come back to listen to that.
1: In the meantime, we're going to be driving around the country, spray painting. Yes, please. On all your driveways. Stick around. We'll do it next time right here on writing our way out.
0: Bye.